Hello and welcome. My name is Alonda Carter and I am the Recovering Hunbot. And this is Season 1, Episode 6 of Hey Hun, You Woke Up. This podcast is brought to you on 10 podcast platforms, including Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google, and Anchor. The video version is on YouTube. If you would like to support me and the anti-MLM content that I create, you can do so by joining my Patreon. There are three tiers, and they're all very reasonable, ranging from $1 to $10 per month, and literally any amount helps. And if you're listening to me via Anchor, you can donate to help me continue up my game through listener support. Today's guest is a friend of mine and also subscriber named Ada. Ada holds a BA and MA in psychology. Prior to teaching college, they worked in mental health. Now they teach freshmen through senior level psychology courses at a college. What I find so very unique to Ada's teaching method is how they bring in multi-level marketing into social psychology. I'm very happy to have Ada as a guest. So without further ado, let's welcome Ada to the show. Welcome Ada. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. You are most welcome. Now, I know you teach psychology, and I am absolutely thrilled to talk to you because there are so many elements related to MLM that obviously intersect with psychology that I really don't think a lot of people are talking about, and I think that you can really bring some of those things out and highlight them. So would you mind telling uh, my audience about the um, course you're teaching, or I think you said it's like 16 weeks. I can't remember. You told me, and what can I say? You know, I blinked and I forgot. Tell us a little bit about the course you're teaching and why you chose MLM kind of as the backdrop. Absolutely. So at the college where I have the privilege of teaching, students don't just choose uh, three credits here and five credits there. They actually get a program that can offer anywhere from eight to 16 credits in their chosen topic. Often it's a topic that's interdisciplinary as well. Right now, I'm teaching a 16-credit abnormal psychology program, but what's relevant to this is that next quarter, I'm going to be teaching a social psychology program, and I want to um, have a running theme. I want to have an example of a phenomenon, a social phenomenon that, that hits these different psychological theories and principles in a a way that's current and relevant. And MLM, um, unlike, you know, an example like Jonestown, something which I used to use as an example, but that that tragedy is, is over now. But MLM is is relevant, and if you don't know what's happening, it's it's non-threatening. It looks innocent, but um, with MLM, I'm looking at my my course syllabus here. Um, the different topics, so how attitudes are formed towards groups of people, towards ideas and values, persuasion tactics. Um, let's see, person perception, right? So how do you see yourself in relation to other people? Do you perceive them as trustworthy? How does your perception toward, you know, your upline, your downline, your relatives, your friends, how might that change over time as you're in an MLM? Um, Social influence, conformity, roles, obedience, right? These are, these are topics that we will cover um, stereotyping, discriminative, right? So we, we've got all of these different topics here that in one way and another, we can dip into different mechanics and aspects of MLM, among other things. It's interesting just hearing you go down that laundry list. I'm just kind of in my head mentally going, yep, check mark, yep, mm-hmm, uh-huh, yeah, mm-hmm, yep, uh, yeah, there, all of that, yep. which is it's fascinating and horrifying at the same time. And I don't think that um, when people, I say exit multi-level marketing, I don't think they think about how their person has been altered from having been and multi-level marketing. And that is something that is, 
I think it's going to have a ripple effect on yourself, on your family, on your friends, yeah. that it, it, it is very extending. And I think there's a lot of people walking around who are damaged from multi-level marketing and are absolutely clueless about that because of all of those things that you just listed. So um, let's talk about some of those things and let's talk about how undergoing or being a part of multi-level marketing can actually impact somebody long after they have severed their relationship. So one, um, Let's see, I'm, I'm assuming that you mean severed their relationship with the MLM, not severed their relationship with people who aren't in one. Because that's, yes. that's something that we know happens, right? The isolation tactics, the in-group. Yes. Um, which, after the fact, can be very damaging, right? Because uh, people who've, who've been in this have had it have had it told to them over and over again, people who are trying to tell you that whatever MLM is, isn't good for you. Oh, they're just being negative. They're trying to hold you down. You need to cut them out of your life. And so they, they, they are encouraged to toss out their support system, mm -hmm. you know, family, friends. Um, and those, relationships might be permanently damaged hopefully not but if it if it becomes a part of you now that people who you know didn't endorse this this quote unquote business model are to be cut out of your life that's a relationship that took damage um if part of and so that's a way that that someone's mental and emotional geography is altered right um, they, they might be encouraged to view their upline, their downline, their fellows, um, as their new network, right? Their family, so to speak. Um, and that changes a person, especially if they, if they wake up and then, um, they lose that because that family, those friends, were contingent upon them endorsing this, being a part of it. Um, and losing that can be very traumatic. Right? Now, if you now that you bring that up about losing that, because that, that triggered something that I did want to talk about. Because yeah. in my view, it seems it's almost like a death and that you have to go through that greeting process because you have oh, not yeah. only lost your original set of friends and family that you may have damaged those relationships, but now you're talking about all these people that you thought were your sisters and all of this stuff from the multi-level marketing company. And now all of a sudden you're kicked out of everything and you are just on isolation island. Yep. And so, and so you've got that double trauma, right? Um, as well. I mean, it's, I, I, there's a, there's a quote from someone who, who left Scientology, but it applies here too. Part of the difficult thing about leaving a very, um, esoteric tight knit organization is that you kind of step out of this, this bubble reality that has been created for you. And there's a language to it. There are ideals and values to it. There are certain phrases that you just say, and now not only have you lost this, this, these people, but you've also lost this part of your identity. Sure. And you, you're out in a very different world, right? Where you, where your values are no longer, um, they're no longer present in the people around you. And indeed you might even be subject to ridicule because you once held them. And that can be traumatic as well. Um, it can be, it can feel much safer to just stay there because at least that's where you have community. At least that's where other people speak the language. At least that's where people have these value values that Maybe in your head, you don't as much believe them anymore, but, but if, if you step out of it, if you wake up and walk away, it's like 
it's like leaving an old life behind. It's leaving a language and an identity and a value system behind. And people in the outer world, um, they don't understand what uh, an emerald crown is. They don't understand what it, what all of these terms mean and they don't have that value system and it can be very isolating and traumatic in itself. It almost sounds like it's a, um, the, the, what just came to mind is culture shock, but it's almost like some kind of yeah. reverse culture shock because you're going back into an old culture, but you had your identity pre-MLM, it's reformed in MLM, and now you have the aftermath that you're dealing with of the altered person that you are, and you're trying to strip away all of those values that everything placed upon you within mm. the MLM. So it seems like it would be, you know, I just, culture shock is just what comes to my mind. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I think that's a really good shorthand. And uh, as we were talking about before, part of the difficult thing with you know, having these conversations about phenomenon that isn't, 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 mm, it's not present in mainstream awareness, I guess you could call it, is that there's only kind of a quasi language to speak about the, the traumas that people have. Um, and so I think, I think culture shock is as good a term as any to describe it. Uh, maybe I'll need to do a video on that sometime <laughs> because I, I really do see that. And, you know, before I hit record, we were talking about um, post-traumatic stress and how mm. people who get out of MLM, I mean, you are going under through a lot of emotions. You, you, you have been through trauma. And so I'd like for you to speak about that because I don't think people realize they've been through trauma. I mean, it's easy to know if someone's been raped. Yep. Okay. You've been through a trauma. You've been through an abusive relationship and you were beaten. Yep. Trauma. But when it comes to multi-level marketing, because you have this family and sisterhood and all of these things and it, it feels different, but yet you're being abused throughout the entire relationship. Can you speak some on that? And it, it, it feels like it's somehow different because um, in in U.S. culture we have this sort of separation between you know business model, not a business model, but they will they will tell you that it is right. So I'm going to say quote unquote business model versus cult versus abusive relationship versus physical violence and yes those are different things but those are all very firmly in the arena of these are traumatic things um mlm not as much as not as much is known about it and people are still kind of figuring this out but you know the as far as the psychological aspects of it, we're still figuring out, oh, this is a thing that damages people. What is it? How shall we talk about it? What arena, you know, what category does this occupy? So it's important to parse out the financial aspects of it, which are very damaging, don't get me wrong, because that's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is to look at the mechanics of different kinds of relationships and different kinds of um, you know, biopsychosocial stuff and look at it and, you know, does it meet this criteria for, for, you know, damage? Does it do damage? So you've got, you've got, um, massive commitment and they tell, and you've got cognitive dissonance. Yeah seen this so many times and it drives me crazy where at first they say oh you you only invest as much as you feel comfortable with this is your little side hustle you know work just from your phone and when you feel like it and then when it doesn't work it's put on you it's not us it's you right it's victim blaming you didn't succeed it's on you right because you didn't give enough you didn't work hard enough you're not committed enough um you know, you're, you're going to be outworked by so-and-so who is, 
next to you and succeeding where you failed, this mythical so-and-so, right? Um, so there's, there's the cognitive dissonance. Um, so there's, there's no clear path to success. They tell you over and over that there is, but when it comes down to the mechanics, they're awfully murky, aren't they? Um, just, you know, they're, they're trying to sell you. This is a thing that cults do. Um, they're selling you salvation mm -hmm. and salvation is a religious word, but they're selling you salvation from debt, salvation from unemployment, um, salvation from, from working a nine to five, which for some reason they have to create this horror of working a traditional <laughs> job. <laughs> like there are people who like their jobs, believe it or not, hun, there really mm -hmm. are. Um, but no, but they, they create this horror of, of all of these things and then try to sell you salvation from them. And if it doesn't work, it's because you messed it up or weren't working hard enough. So there's, there's that guilt and that fear, okay? Um, there's the new language you learn. There's the new family, that friends, circle of sisters that you have. Um, and there's the isolation tactics of cutting ties with your support network. Even, even just that, even isolation, right? That is is very damaging for humans whatever arena you want to talk about isolation um whether whether it's moving to an entirely new place i mean that's that's relatively low on the scale but even that um all the way up to you know the you know solitary confinement which is psychological torture there's a reason why it's used as the worst of the worst punishment, right? And that's, I'm, I'm using those two things as two extremes, right? Not having a support network is not good psychologically for humans. And so an organization whether it's a cult or whether it's an MLM or whether it's an abusive relationship that encourages a person to isolate from the people who support them, that should be a big red flag right there. And they'll always use a different name for it and they'll always justify it with different reasons and it always sounds really good at the time. But if they're encouraging you to do that, that should be a red flag. Um, if there's a cycle of um, commit, how shall I put this? It's, it's the short version is sunken cost fallacy, right? Um, but, but it's this vicious cycle of um, sink more money into this and then to feel like you're justified in sinking more money into it, you need to up your commitment. Right. So, oh man, I spent all this money on, on leggings or makeup or whatever. I need to justify that or else it will just have been money lost. So I'm going to work harder at this. I'm going to push more of this on to other people. Um, I'm going to make more contacts, etc. And then once you've upped your commitment, it feels like okay, I need to sink more into this to justify this time commitment and this emotional commitment. And so it just becomes this vicious cycle. And that, you know, if, if other people are saying, hey, no, this isn't good. You know, you're changing as a person. I see this happening to you. What's going on? Oh, if you push them away, that's an emotional commitment. People, there's, there's this blind spot for emotional commitments somehow that we have and damaging relationships, cutting off ties with people, you know, uh, getting rid of um, gym membership and maybe your friends at this old place you used to go to. That's an emotional commitment. 
that's not just time. That's a part of you. And I say you, I, universal you. <laughs> um, I got the universal you. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> but that's, that's a part of the person that they're giving up. And that, that's and they a, don't realize it. You don't know yeah. that you are. You and that's, think about oh, it. that's, yeah. And that, that's the sneaky, that's the sneaky, sneaky, insidious aspect of this, right? Um, and they're praised for doing these things, mm -hmm. right? Um, but it's, it's a resource that you're giving up. And so to justify that, you do more. And it's just, it's this downward spiral. Um, now, I did, because everything that you're saying, it falls right in line when I, I did a video um, on reciprocity, the function of reciprocity and multi-level mm -hmm. marketing. You, did yes. you see that one? Yeah. I because, did. Because <laughs> I really do see everything that you're talking about. It's extended reciprocity. It's keeping you within that. You're feeling like you've been given more than what you've been given. You really have it. You keep in putting in more and then keep believing that you're getting more out of it, but you're not. And, but it, it all goes back into, it's all that cycle, keeping people within that cycle so they don't break away from it so that they stay within it and continue to invest their time, their money, their energy, their person, everything mm -hmm. to keep it going, which is really demented when you start breaking it apart. And that's, and that's why, that's why looking at the psychological mechanics of it can be so educational and revealing. Um, because you know, whatever arena you, you want to look at there, you know, the, the window dressing is different, but the underlying mechanics are startlingly similar. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause you, cause you mentioned like Scientology and like I told you, you know, I've watched a lot of um, videos about Scientology, which has helped me in my healing or on my journey of healing. Cause I'm far from healed of having gone down this rabbit hole of multi-level marketing, you know, I've just started. But one of the things that, you know, and I will be so bold as, and I've said this in other videos, you know, um, just refer to it. it, it is a cult. It has all the markings of it. It's like, you know, when you really look at it, and I know Douglas Brooks wrote a paper, um, Coercive Business Opportunity Cult, something like that. So I've often referred to it as a business opportunity cult because they are putting that, you know, here's the thing, you got this opportunity, and but all the dynamics, all the tactics, everything, it's the same as if you're in a cult. It's the same stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, the this this is this this is another really sneaky thing and it's um i think this might be fairly unique to mlm but there um so have, have you have you heard of scheduled reinforcement it sounds familiar, but I, I don't know what it is off the top of my head. So tell us about it. Absolutely. So, okay. You know how one of the big selling points of MLM is, you know, you, you get paid just as soon as you make a sale, right? Or, you know, you get paid every week or every hour, however many, right? Um, this sounds really good but it can also be very insidious and almost addictive because you're always in search of that next sale. The next, in the next hour, I could make that, you know, $200 sale that will make up for an entire day's worth of fruitless asking for the seller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the mechanism in your brain, how this works, right? Um, People, people do stuff that they get rewarded for, and so do other primates, and so do rats, and so do um, pigeons, and so does and every other animal that you could name, right? And basically, there, there are two different schedules of reinforcement. There is every single time you do this thing, you get rewarded. Um, so you go to work every day, and then every two weeks or every month, you get a paycheck. 
right? That's continuous reinforcement. And you might not enjoy your job that much, but you, you enjoy the money you get from it. Okay, great. But then there is um, like random reinforcement. So, uh, you know, a, a rat or a pigeon who pushes a lever yeah. and randomly they get a food pellet. Those rats, those pigeons, those humans at slot machines are going to keep pushing that lever almost indefinitely because the next one could be when I get a food pellet and the next one could be when I get a food pellet and the next one, it wasn't this time, it wasn't the past hour, but maybe that next time I'll get a food pellet. And so that is so much more addictive. Oh my God. Okay. That just goes into all that janky cold messaging because maybe the next person is going to say yes. Maybe they'll say yes. Just keep following up because, oh, I hate this saying so much now. Oh, I hate saying it. The fortune is in the follow-up. It's not. There's not a fortune there. <laughs> but that's, but again, there could be a fortune in that slot machine. There could be the next one that you ask could be your ticket into the network of very rich people who also really want a bunch of makeup. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, it's all about that next one. Yes. Yes. Get, if you get a couple of even very small yeses, Right, it's like to keep a couple of quarters coming down that slot machine, or a little food pellet coming down for the the pigeon, right? Oh, surely the big one is right around the corner. Now I do want to talk to you because we were talking about this before I hit record again, because uh, you know we do that, we do the pre-show thing. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by this, and I know this is not a popular topic with people in the anti-animal community, or at least some of them, but I, it needs to be. So I'm bringing it up. And that is the, quote, higher tiered Hans, the ones that have made it, that are the double diamond backflip Pikachu, you know, whatever. Those people who have, and, and the way I've described it before, it's, it's, it's like they've built their Jenga tower. But their Jenga tower has to stay up there because there's pieces that are leaving, so they've got to find a piece and shove it back in. Mm -hmm. and, and that's got to take a lot of energy. And I think about those, those Huns. And I mean, and I see their pictures on Instagram and it's like, and they're all smiling, but there's some sadness in their eyes. There's something that's missing that I'm looking at them now that I'm awake. So am I going, there's something going on that I feel is even deeper and darker than people who have just entered and maybe they've been in it a couple of years or six months, but they never really got anything going. But if you've built something and you've been getting those food pellets, what about those people? So I can't, I cannot comment on like individual people and what's going on in, you know, inside either their inner processes, but overall <laughs> globally about right, this, you know, <laughs> however, if, if a person's identity is, is wrapped up in this, yep, that changes them. If they, and this is another um, sunken cost aspect, if they've built their income on drawing people into this, um, they, they need it to be right. Um, they, they need this to, to either be right or that that says something deeply unpleasant about them um they can also there's there's a process that goes on when someone um stops focusing on the the person in front of them and starts viewing that person as a means to an end Right. So, you know, you and I are talking now and we're two people and we're relating to one another around this topic. Awesome. Great. But if I know that beyond you, you know, you are a pathway to income. So, you know, yeah, I'm interacting with you, but what I really see is that income. So it, it changes people from people to a means to an end, right? 
and this can happen to people with with many different processes like there's some research now that shows that even something as benign seeming as praising somebody for creativity shifts the process from being creative to that praise over there so the creativity is a means to an end now and that's that's pretty benign right you know you don't even think about it right your little child brings to you a macaroni uh sculpture i don't know what kids do <laughs> a little macaroni drawing and you're like oh that's so cool you use the macaroni and the glitter and now the, the, there's an element of, in the back of the child's brain, oh, you know, mom or dad praised me for this, and now maybe I'm going to do this for praise instead of the joy of it. And that's another, and that's benign, fairly benign, compared to, you're not a person to me anymore. You are a means to an end. You and are. If, if I can get you to sell, that's going to impact me and keep my little Jenga tower from where <laughs> I want it to be. Yeah. And so it, it changes the way that somebody relates to the other people around them. Um, and again, for hyper social creatures like humans, we're, we're one of the most social creatures on the planet. We really, really like um other people and that sounds strange to say because you know many of us are introverted many of us have groups of people we don't like but the fact is that people humans need human contact like a vitamin and we don't do well without it right so changing the way you relate to other humans at that very basic level um focusing on what they can, the, the income that they can bring you rather than the face of the human sitting in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely does something to somebody and they need it to be right. Because if they do wake up and see what they're doing to others, they will have to have a crisis. So I, I would, yeah, no, I would think they would go through like, you know, a huge psychological crisis to realize what they have been doing. And I think to, to, to admit that that's what they've been doing and to be able to, you know, break away from it would be extraordinarily difficult because again, it goes back to now they're going to have to alter themselves again. You know, yeah. they have to, have to deal with that trauma afterwards. And that's not pleasant to do. And so I'll keep going because, and I also think it brings in, um, a bit which you may or may not be familiar with. Um, oh crap, what is it called? Oh, something that, um, shoot, what is it called? It has to, money and it's, um, oh, I, gosh, and if, now I can, cannot think of what it's called, but it has to do with like the oh, prosperity gospel. There, I finally got it. I yep. got it okay, out of my yes. head. <laughs> yep. it, it has to do with that too, because there are those people who are like, well, I'm doing something right and they're justifying it. They're being rewarded. They're being seen as doing the right thing in God's eyes. And well, you're not doing it because otherwise you would receive the same blessing because there's a lot oh, of yeah. these people who are also, um, because I, I, I see on their, they're very faith-based people and looking to draw in, and it, I don't care if it's Mormon, Christian, you know, just whatever you want to put on it, but they're faith-based in some way. Or they could be new age spiritual. There's those as well, where they, I feel like that they, um, it's the prosperity gospel is at work with them because they are getting the rewards. And maybe for the new age people, it's the whole money manifestation thing. The, the secret. Yes, the law of attraction. Oh, I went down that rabbit hole. Oh, yes, did I ever. <laughs> oh. All because of ML. Thanks, MLM. Hashtag because of MLM. Oh. No, but um, that's, there isn't, there are, underlying principles at work there too people are very biased to believe that the world is quote unquote fair so and sometimes this gets turned around so that so that if bad things happen to somebody um somehow they must have brought it on themselves 
and if good things happen, they must deserve that too, which is, um, it's, it's kind of like a psychological mechanism to distance ourselves, right? Oh, so-and-so had a tragedy in their life. Such and such couldn't make this business opportunity work. Well, that couldn't happen to me because I'm a good person, right? Which sounds so horrible and very simplistic, but at the kind of unconscious underlying mechanism, we do. We want to explain to ourselves why these things happen. We want to create this narrative. And if a simple one will do, that our, our brains will take that shortcut. Um, so if you, if you have prosperity, you must be, you know, so-and-so has prosperity. They must be doing something right. If I do the right things, the prosperity will appear. So-and-so, and, and it's, it's another way to shift blame onto the victim. Mm -hmm. So if this doesn't work for you, it must be you. And it's not the MLM. It's not the product that you know makes people's hair fall out. It's not... <laughs> um, it's it's not the deity in question. No, no, it's something with you, and you need to change yourself or behave differently or work harder, whatever it is, and then the the prosperity will follow. And, uh, and, then and it, can, it, it can lead to victim blaming in in a wide variety of of areas of life. Yeah, and I, I there is a lot of victim blaming when it comes to multi level marketing. I mean, you you just can't get away from that. You blame yourself. Um, people who are higher up are going to blame you because, hey, they're having success. And, you know, the company will almost say the same thing to you, you know, and it's reinforced over and over and over again, whether like with Beachbody, you have the weekly national wake up call, then you have the quarterly super Saturday event, and then the annual conference, you know, all these things to pump you up. And in between all of that, team calls and then you have a success partner all of these mechanisms are at work on you and when you're in it again you don't recognize all of these are con they're control variables that are placed upon you to keep you all locked in within that realm and um you know i, I don't think there's a simple answer of how well how can we end this let's just you know snap our fingers and abolish it it's it's been around for a very long time and there's all kinds of other scams going on that are associated with mlms or not even associated with mlms but they all use these things and i would want you to talk a little bit about um persuasion and how persuasion is because that fascinates me so persuasion um Let me so some some of this may be more or less familiar to you and your your viewers than than others, but um, there's the the time honored tactic of um, making it seem very urgent because many people mix up urgent with important. This is, oh, uh, it, it, it used to be $400 to join and now it's only 40, but only for this limited time. So it's, it's very important or urgent that you join now, right? This business opportunity, um, get in on the ground floor, right? Um, creating, so there's, there's creating, a sense of urgency and trying to confuse that with with important. There is um, creating a problem. Okay, I'm going to create a problem or a need or a horror in your mind, and then despite the fact that I'm the one who created this for you, I'm going to turn around and now sell you the solution to it. Um, selling selling salvation. And I think I said before we were talking before we recorded salvation is a religious word, but it doesn't have to be. It could be salvation from debt, salvation from um, a nine to five job, which for some reason 
so many MLM sellers try to create this horror of a traditional job. Um, so, so there's that uh, creating a problem and now I'm going to sell you the solution to it. There's what else, what else I had it in my brain. Um, Oh, there, there's the, uh, what is, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it's, it's when, um, the, I, I know you are, but what am I? So they'll try to make the, whatever, whatever other option there is available sound just as bad as they are. So this is the, these are the people who will say, oh, there's a CEO at the top who gets paid the most and then you're working for that person and all of your labor goes to fuel that person. Oops, sounds like a pyramid to me. Okay, so they're making your job sound like a pyramid scheme. Um, So it's a, you know, your, whatever you're doing is just or, as bad or worse as what I'm doing. Okay. So there, you know, and at least here you get to be your own boss and set your own hours, et cetera. So it's sort of the, the, I know you are, but what am I fallacy, um, persuasion. So there's love bombing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And th th this is like, yeah, this is classic. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, I love what you do. You're so beautiful. You'd be so good at this. You're doing this kind of thing anyway, and you're just so good at it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, making the person feel so special um, and drawing them in. Um, creating emotional investment and dependence. Once you or a, a, an MLM uh, seller who's drawn into this, okay? So they've been love-bombed, they're on that emotional high, they're riding it, okay? And because, you know, they see their upline as this expert, somebody who's succeeding, somebody who knows what's up, um, if their upline tears them down or criticizes them or blames them, um, paradoxically, emotional investment that comes from being hurt and then forgiving, that's an emotional investment, just like happiness is. Um, because you've, you've You've put a lot of yourself now into overcoming that, that emotional hurt, right? You've said to that person, your upline or the cult leader or whatever, you're the, okay, you, you, they, you know, they, they break this person down and they, they criticize them often in front of others. All right, so they break this person down and then they heavily imply, and we're going to be the ones to fix you. We're going to mm -hmm. be the ones to help you succeed. Oh, you failed at all these other opportunities and that's on you because, you know, you didn't work hard enough or whatever. And, oh no, and now, you know, it's, uh, that's very hurtful. And now we're going to be the ones to fix you though. So now you're even more dependent on them. You know, if it was a cult, they'd break you down by saying, oh, you know, you're sinful and unlovable and all of those terrible things, but we're going to be the ones to save you and love you. But with MLM, it's more, oh, you didn't work hard enough. We're going to teach you how to be prosperous in this way. We've got the tools and all you have to do is follow exactly what we're saying. And if you right, keep doing it, it never arrives. It, 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 it doesn't. It just doesn't. And you know, it's interesting that you brought up the whole savior thing. Cause I've, I've said this in videos as well too, cause I almost see multi-level marketing like a religion in terms of the MLM model of it itself to me, that is the savior. It is the savior. And then everything else is underneath it. And mm. the narrative, you know, you're told, and I, ha I had a, um, 
I, I think I want to do something also at some point, and I'm not going to recall all, I've got to go back and read it, but you may or may not be familiar with the ethnography Purity and Danger by Mary Douglas. It's a very mm. famous ethnography, but it has to do basically good, bad, and you know how we view those sorts of things. And that definitely happens within M MLM. MLM, good, nine to five, bad. <laughs> you know, um, it's just, it's, it, what's interesting also is hearing you say this because myself, you know, I, I didn't have an upline, either one of them, who like I really spoke to all that much, you know, like they really didn't do anything with me. So all of mine was like self-imposed going, running around and finding everything. But I would listen to what, you know, like what Beachbody said on the national wake up call or this, that, and the other thing. And I'd want to go take action. So everything, you know, I was getting all the same stuff, but I didn't necessarily have anybody tearing me down because I was doing that to myself. Based oh, on no. Yeah. If they can, if they, if the, whoever it is, can get in your head and start doing that narrative, then your own brain is doing their work for them. And it's tragic. And, and, and I think that's the thing that um, should be talked about also is that, because we often say the upline, the downline or whatever, but a lot of times there are people that don't have anybody leading them, like what I went under, but that doesn't mean that you're still not being manipulated psychologically because of just what you said, is that, mm -hmm. you know, you get that narrative in you and all of those things start working on you. And in some ways, I think it's even more insidious that you don't have one individual person that's doing anything, that it's all of these other things around that are all working on you, multifaceted. Mm, yeah, it's so hard to fight your own brain. <laughs> it is, because <laughs> it never shuts up. <laughs> no. Um. Let's see. Um, another, oh yeah, may, and maybe, I don't know if, if you experienced this, but um, this seems to be a common theme in, in MLM, in prosperity gospel, in cults, certainly on the other side of it. Um, they circumvent the, the, the logic, rational decision maker in your brain by appealing directly to emotion. Um, and they can do this by, um, so there, you've talked before about big conferences that people go to and they pay shocking amounts of money to go to these things. And they're told that, yeah, you need to go to conferences because you're going to get, you're going to get the secrets to, to make your business work. But what it tends to be is a lot of emotional affirmation mm -hmm. a lot of kind of sayings like truisms that are just repeated in a certain very earnest tone of voice um repetition like good old-fashioned repetition oh, yes. that's, a, that's another persuasion tactic but but short-circuiting the logic and reason and going to the emotional high that's another sneaky and pervasive persuasion tactic, right? We're all going to say our goals out loud 10 times and we're all going to, you know, we're, we're going to listen to this speaker who's going to be so powerful and so emotional that we're going to break down and cheer and have these, these, very intense experiences together with, which, you know, the bonding with your sisters and you're investing a lot emotionally and you're feeling like you can do it. But wherever is that piece where they actually sit down with you and say, okay, so and so, um, here is the plan to do this. You know, here's the empirical evidence that this works for, you know, 85% of the people who do it. You don't get that. No, nothing at all like that. Nothing anywhere. Yeah. And the most bizarre thing now on the other side is like nobody ever asks for that either. Really? No, they don't. There's like, where's the, nobody is like, where's the evidence? Because if you were to start asking about that, like in a Facebook group or something, you'd be shut down. And um, the closest example I have to that, and it's with um, 
a paid affiliate marketing thing that I was doing, which I've done a video on. And it's like, oh, yes, got sucked into that too. Another cultish type thing, a whole different topic. But something happened where this person literally like took money and you didn't hear from them. And it's like 30 days into it. I started mm -hmm. questioning it saying, what's going on? I mean, I'm talking about, I was jumped on. Like, how dare I question this person? Whoa. So if you question anything, then somebody is going to shut you down because you have to just hold the belief. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that is, um, what they call false sense of unanimity. You're not oh. allowed to, and I, I was not even aware of that, but that's, that's something in, um, like obedience tactics where, you know, you can't even voice a differing opinion. You can't question it because the other members of this group will just jump on you and, and shut you down. Wow. Yeah. And that is an MLM. I mean, I have seen it time and time again. You question anything and you, you just learn not to say anything. Just like when we were talking before, when I was talking about as a child, I learned not to question religion because I was mm. shut down. You know, I was like, okay, don't do that. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. As soon as you ask a question, boom, it's like vultures. They just attack you. And that doesn't feel good, right? No, and absolutely not. All that does, though, is reinforce you to go along with the narrative, go along with the story, accept it as fact. and Get it in your brain and don't even question it in your brain. Nope, nope, don't do that. Don't go looking for anything. Oh, Definitely don't go looking on the internet. And if you see anything that's critical, know that they're wrong. We're giving you the right information. All of that should be ignored. Controlling Why? access to information. Yep. That's another red flag for yes, it is. Um, a cult or such. You know, don't, don't question, you know, in the group, but also restricting access to information just on your own yep. yeah yeah wow. i mean if you just bring out the bite model and go check 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 check, check. It, i mean it's just mm -hmm. check <laughs> which is quite frightening now i want to last ask well, if i can talk ask you one thing because we've been on here for a while and i know you have a life and everything and i don't want to <laughs> and i definitely want to have you come back and talk some more on this stuff yeah, because yeah. I, I find it so fascinating and i'm sure that my audience will too but you know I am just so interested in, because um, because we bonded before about us both being like knowledge junkies, and <laughs> like, oh, well, my MLM experience, you know, I don't really have anything, because I just go down these rabbit holes, but I think it's so interesting that there was something in you that found multi-level marketing, and you made that connection of like, holy crap, I can use this as, you know, basically a teachable moment, so to speak, and I can mm -hmm. leverage this and overlay it into, you know, my course, well, what you're teaching, because I wouldn't say course, but it's, it's program, so I yes. learned my language. Colleges <laughs> are so high and mighty about the language <laughs> that they use. But so, I mean, I, I want to know, it's like, where, how did you stumble across it? And what made you go, you know what, I really should use multi-level marketing within this context, because I don't think you should be the only person doing this. I think other people teaching psychology should be doing this too, but they need to understand what multi-level marketing is before they would do it because you know and it takes a while to even kind of get comfortable and wrap your head around there's there's no good multi-level marketing there's not like oh this one's good these bad but this one that just doesn't exist so can you give yeah. us a little insight on like what led you to like you know what i can use this to to teach people because thank you so much for doing that oh of course so um i think as as most people do, I had a relative who sold Avon and my mom would buy a bottle of their product every once in a great while. Um, but it, to my knowledge, um, she, she didn't get sucked into it. She would use said product once in a great while, but that was a, that's about it as far as 
my personal experience goes. I was never in an MLM. I've never sold for them. I've had people sort of message me, oh, hey, would you like to do this? And I just leave them on red. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I neither want nor need it in my life. Um, but in my, in my wanderings through the internet, in my wanderings through YouTube, um, I, I saw different people um, different content creators speaking about their experience um, buying or selling these products and qualitatively speaking these products they were talking about they all had kind of similar models and the, these people had similar problems with them and I thought what is what is the uniting factor here with this with this dissatisfaction and suspicion and all of this. And so I looked a little deeper, you know, the, the one that I saw first that I really dug into was LuLaRoe. Um, and the, the first person that I saw speaking about it was, um, I think her handle is glitter and lasers and she's hilarious, but, um, she, she was talking about her experience with their leggings and this. And so I did some research. What is, what even is LuLaRoe? What are they about? And so I saw, you know, that documentary, you know, the one that we've mm -hmm. all seen, the, the one on Vice, I think. And after that, I started looking at, um, there's the, the dream podcast. There's all this other information available about MLMs and their founders and their business practices and what they do. And so I just went further and further down that rabbit hole. And um, that was how I found your channel because, you know, after a while, um, you know, the, the, the content about people's experiences it's valid. It's great. But if you are like me and you want more in-depth knowledge of yes, but how does it actually work? Though? What are the what are the underlying process? I want to I want to get under the surface, under the window dressing, and actually see the the mechanics of it. Um, the dream is great. The dream podcast is great. But they stopped making episodes a long time ago, and your channel is great because you have. Ex direct experience with the business model of it, quote unquote business model. You have experts on, you have evidence-based information that's available. Um, and the more I looked at this and the more I, I investigated it, the more it sounded like, oh, hey, this is a current, pernicious, oft-repeated, um, example that goes by many names but the phenomenon is strikingly similar that's that's relevant to my students of these various psychological mechanisms that kind of start out being good tricks that um people who don't have your best interests at heart take and twist round to their own ends and um I think I mentioned before I, I used to use for for a psych 101 class where we just very quickly talked about and this is social psychology, won't you? Um, I used to use Jonestown as kind of an illustration of something that looks very innocent and that looked like a good thing at first, um, but it got progressively worse as time went on and people became more invested in it. And these were the tactics that People's Temple used, et cetera, et cetera. And as we know, they met a, a tragic end, which if you want to sum everything up very quickly and with a very impactful example, it's pretty good as examples go. But if we're going to spend an entire quarter on it, and we are, you need something that is still going on that's in our society today that, that um, ostensibly embraces the values in our culture and economy now, that preys now on many different demographics depending on who you are. 
right? And maybe you're not into makeup, but you are into this other thing that this other MLM sells, right? So they, whatever, whatever hooks your brain has, we all have them. There's no us in them here. You know, we all have these mechanisms in our brain. If you're a human, you have them. There's an MLM out there that can get its hooks into you, especially if you're not aware of what's happening. So that's how I came to decide that, oh, hey, if we're going to go down the garden path here, something that looks innocent, but uses these various tactics to, to deeply change a person in various harmful ways, mm, MLM is as spicy as it gets, just about. It really is. It really is. You know, um, I was just thinking, because we're going to wrap things up next. We've been on for a long time, but I definitely would love to have you back. And one of the things that I think would be fascinating to talk about, well, there's two things. One is your students' reaction to having MLM as the backdrop. Because Ooh. they might even say what they're you know, like, oh, well, my mom did doTERRA. My aunt did Lula. They may come up with stuff, but I would love to hear what, you know, and how this helped them understand, avoid this, do not do it. Um, mm -hmm. I'd be very interested in that because I think, I think it's such a good thing that through your teaching that you can reach some younger people and hopefully, you know, prevent them from making, um, the choice that I did, you know, at least they'll have an awareness of it because it's not like we have this awareness in our culture of avoid this because this is a bad thing. We, that's why I think they have lasted for so long is because there has not been the voice to say, whoa, we need to stop people from doing this. So mm -hmm. you doing that is excellent. So that is something I'd like to talk to you about in the future. And also, cause we briefly touched on this because you did notice, um, how certain demographics are attracted to particular MLMs. And I find that being the cultural anthropologist person that I am, I find that to be incredibly fascinating of, of how that happens as well. So I'd love to have you back to talk probably, you know, a couple of times. I mean, we could do several times because there's, there's just so much to talk about. What can I say? Yeah. No, I, I, can literally talk about psychology and the various mechanisms of psychology for for hours and i can't even like it, it still amazes me that i get to have a job where they pay me to do research on these things and then run my mouth in front of people about it so yeah, if you, if you want to have me on to talk about this, I love doing that. <laughs> oh yeah, I absolutely do. Um, and something else I want to ask you, cause I told you I, I'm creating that survey. I would love to be able to like have you get you to look at the questions that I'm asking and get some of your feedback on it. If you'd be down for that, because I want to oh, make sure. sure this is really solid before I release it, but I real I want to collect good data. And, and what am I going to do with this data? I, I, I'm not really sure other than for one myself and for my viewers, listeners, whatever subscribers mm -hmm. or people that stumble across me, be able to share parts of it. Um, maybe be able to write a paper on it, maybe be able to present it at a conference sometime. Or, I don't know, but I do think getting the data and then being able to talk about it would be very valuable. And so I'd love to get your input on um, my survey if you'd yeah. be down with that. Yeah, that would be, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling you might enjoy that because you, you remind me a lot of myself of, you know, just loving learning stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just want to say thank you so very much. I'm going to start stop recording this and then we'll say our own little final farewells. Okay, all right. All right, thank you so much. And I'm I'm stopping now. I hope you found my conversation with Ada as enlightening as I did. The various mechanisms used on you once you join any multi-level marketing opportunity, company, whatever, I find utterly fascinating. I believe seeking to deconstruct what happens to you mentally, socially, emotionally, and culturally is very important. Until we start to take apart the various pieces and parts of this phenomenon, 
known as multi-level marketing, network marketing, social marketing, pyramid marketing, whatever. I mean, it comes with many different names, but it all boils down to the same overall structure. But until we do that, I don't think anyone can fully grasp the gravity that MLM presents to our society and the world at large. I think because the issue is so pervasive and destructive, that is why I'm doing what I can to shine a light on it and have guests such as Ada on my show. I am so very honored that Ada and others in my community are willing to share their expertise and stories because I really think it's going to take a lot of different viewpoints, you know, to look at MLM from multiple angles because it is just, you know, such a beast. You know, it's just this big ball of yarn of like multicolors and you trying to untangle, you know, each strand is, you know, very, very overwhelming and difficult because it's just such a mess. And unlike traditional destructive religious cults, MLM is different because it may seem like there is nothing harmful about, you know, say buying some lipstick from your aunt, you know? It seems like, oh, well, I'm just helping my aunt. Oh, I just like this lipstick. It just seems so much more innocent. However, when you start to lift the hood and take apart that engine, I think that's when the light bulb comes on and you can start to see how massively destructive this phenomenon actually is. Let me know if that makes sense to you. Share with me if, you know, I'd really like to know this. Share with me what you would like Ada to discuss when they come back on the show. If you have an area of expertise and you'd like to shine light on issues, you know, surrounding MLM, let me know. Reach out to me on Twitter or um, Instagram and DM me and we can talk about, you know, having you on, that sort of thing. If you like this type of content, be sure to hit the subscribe button and that notification bell and give this video a thumbs up if you are on YouTube because really all of those things helps my content get seen more. And if you're listening to me on one of the various podcast platforms, be sure to subscribe to the show. And remember, change starts now.